I'm Heidi. And I'm Nicole. I'm Nicole's mom. And now I'm also a mom. We created this podcast to talk about all the joyful, beautiful, and sometimes awful parts of motherhood. We aren't experts, but we do have experience. Our goal is to talk about motherhood IRL. That means in real life, mom. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. And thanks for joining us in our motherful adventures. Welcome back to Motherful. Today we've got Miley with us. We are so excited to talk to Miley. And Miley actually reached out to us um, when we first started the podcast. She asked how what she had to do to be on. And we were like, well, are you a mom? And said, yes. So we're like, okay, <laughs> let's have you. We don't have a lot of requirements. Yes, not too many requirements. I didn't know if I'd have to bake you guys so. a cake or something. <laughs> So Miley, I'll read her bio really quick. Um, Miley is a mother, a physicist, and an amateur writer. As a mom, she has a two-year-old girl and a four-month-old boy, the first by C-section and the second a V-back. As a physicist, her biggest claim to fame is how high she launched a baking soda bottle rocket. As a writer, she's dabbled in basically every kind of writing, poetry, journalism, essays, short stories, a scientific peer-reviewed article, and two novels. Her favorite TV shows right now are Bluey and Spy Family. She's pretty good at cooking, budgeting, and thrift shopping, but struggles to clean her room and so far has only epically failed at sewing. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> welcome, Miley. Um, okay, but how, really, how high did I your business build a bottle rocket go? You know, you know I've, I've never, like, measured it, but I will say it was actually on my mission, and we did it as an activity with the youth in the ward. And it went, higher, awesome. it went higher than the trees in the park, for sure, and they were pretty tall. <laughs> so, you know, the young men were very impressed. Oh, for that sure. That is so funny. Yes. <laughs> That's and awesome. bringing up your mission that is actually how Miley and I know each other yes. um, I knew her as Brunette Shimai and we <laughs> were in the same mission we were never companions I don't even remember if we were ever in the same like district or zone so we knew of each other but never really crossed paths Yeah. okay let's start the lightning round questions okay here we go since we've all been to Japan what is your favorite thing about Japan? I've been to Japan because I went with Nicole, um, yep. obviously, to have lived there. So, Nicole, why don't you start? Um, well, you took the good one, <laughs> just reading ahead <laughs> to what you answered. <laughs> she says she loves the people. So I'm going to say that I love the sushi because you cannot get real sushi in America. As no. far as I know, yeah. <laughs> at least not oh. in Utah. <laughs> so yeah. the sushi there is just, you can't, you can't even compare you. Yeah. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. I was going to say like, like LA, uh, Orange County, California, where like my mom's from and where I spent some time when I was young, they do have good sushi as far as like the fish taking, tasting good. But mm-hmm. the sushi Americans just like prefer a different style of sushi. Everyone's all about yes. the rolls and stuff. And yeah. that's just yep. not what sushi is in Japan. I mean, they have that. Yeah. They do. But yeah. And this yeah. sauce. 
I remember having some Japanese friends come stay with us and they were shocked at yeah. all the sauce that Americans use. They're like, yeah. you put sauce on everything. <laughs> everything we ate. More <laughs> sauce? You have a different sauce for this? Like, yeah. They were just shocked at all the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's way more simple in Japan and you can just, yeah. the flavors are just more, I don't know. It's so good. Okay, so what's your favorite thing about Japan, Miley? Um, I feel like this is a really hard question because I love basically everything about Japan. It's hard to narrow it down. (laughs) I would probably say the food, too, like more generally. I just love all of the food. And I love their food culture, like how they make everything look pretty. Like they Mm -hmm. don't just care about how it tastes. It's the presentation. And there's like even their even their ramen looked nice. Yeah, and yeah. Like, like a nice egg in the middle of it or yeah. whatever. And how you eat it, like <laughs> the way you can slurp your ramen in Japan, and that's like the proper way to do it. I love yeah. that. Like, I love the food <laughs> and the food culture. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, like Nicole said, I loved the people, and having not lived there, and I actually couldn't communicate with them very well even. But I just found them to be so kind and loving and respectful. Um, like going on those trains <laughs> and you basically, I felt like I had to whisper if I wanted to talk to anyone in yeah, my family. Trains are so <laughs> quiet in Japan. They were so quiet. And I, and I didn't want to be that loud American because I have blonde hair. And we were several I, times, to be fair. <laughs> oh, man. We were. The trains yeah, are sure. so much better in Japan than anywhere in america yeah yeah okay it is now new year's welcome to 2023 so what are let's just talk about one of your new year's resolutions nicole well i couldn't narrow it down to one so i'm gonna say two (laughs) (laughs) but but they're quick um I really got into reading last year, like actual books. Um, Since having Finley, I had a lot more time, like when I was nursing and stuff to like actually read books. And I loved that. And so I want to keep that going and just keep reading more and more and watching less TV and less social media. Um, And then one book in particular is called The Eight Dates. It's by John Gottman. And he did... um, the love languages. So he's the author of the love languages and he has this book called the eight dates and it's eight conversations that you should have with your significant other. And so you prep for each date by reading the chapter and answering this whole questionnaire. And then you go on this date and he, he gives you suggestions of where you should go. Um, and you have this conversation with your partner. And so it's just meant to strengthen your relationships. And I read it in the beginning of the summer on my own. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. I have to do this with my husband. And I still have not done it. So I need to get him on board and then I need to actually do go on the eight dates that's awesome. this year. So that's, yeah, that's my goal. I need to do that too. Like I need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Justin and I have gotten so bad at planning our dates. It's like, yeah. we want we want to go out. What do you want to do? Just not have the kids? Like yeah. that's as far as we get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that has been us lately. We're finally at that stage where like it's really a pain to take her anywhere with us. And I'm like, I would love anything without a child. Actual dates. Okay. I have to just, I have to add something in right here because we're childless now for the first time in like 
a long time. And so over Christmas, I told my husband, we need to go on some Hallmark dates. Yeah. <laughs> so we had um, probably three or four Hallmark dates in the Christmas season. And it was actually really fun. So we really enjoyed it. Because yeah. then we had a purpose, yep. right? <laughs> Okay, what's your New Year's resolution, Miley? I my most of mine are still kind of nebulous, but one for sure is that I need to get my core strength back. I am not very good at like working yes. out. I'm not someone who works out very consistently, but like ever since my C-section, I feel like my core strength is just blah. And then you know I just yep. had another baby, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to get stronger before I try to have another baby. <laughs> that. No, that's a real thing. That's awesome. Like I remember the first couple of months after I had Finley, just like even holding her, it's not even like they weigh that much. Like they're no. like seven or eight pounds in the beginning, but just holding her, I was like, oh my goodness, my back. Cause I had yeah. zero core strength. So yeah. I, I worked really hard on that once I yeah. was kind of recovered from birth too. And it has made a huge difference. I actually just thought of that the other day because I was rocking her to sleep, but I, I was standing and holding her. Mm-hmm. And rocking her to sleep. And I was like, man, this is weird. I've been standing here for 10 minutes and my back doesn't hurt. So <laughs> yeah, just a I testament to, to the core strength is a real thing. It's really important. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay. So mine is, uh, I did this Facebook word thing. It's like all these letters on the square. And apparently the first four words that you see are your 2023 <laughs> word of the years. I saw that going around. <laughs> oh man. So this is interesting though, because I've had some health issues. So my four words that I saw first were power, self-care, health, and strength. And so those are going to be my goals for the year. Okay. That is interesting. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe they work. I don't know. But I thought those were pretty good words for me. So. Yeah. Yep. You're going to go with it. Okay. So here's the last question. This is just a goofy one. What emoji do you use most often? And Nicole, you wrote down... I'm sorry. The I say one of mine, but we have to use the right word okay. because we call it crafting. Yeah. I just didn't know if that was like an our family thing or if that's like a common word. I don't like, know. Does everybody call it the crafting emoji? I had never heard the word crafting before, but I am not very like, what's the word I should use here? I'm not very hip, I guess. I okay. Know what the new, what's the new hip this, word for This hip. is it's not, it's, it's not hip. It's this not is hip. just what we, we call totally cry, made it cry laughing is crafting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. And so that must just be an our family type of thing. Cause yeah. I've always called it crafting to cry, cry laugh. It's great though. So that's now you can tell we're mother or daughter because we both have the same emoji that we use yeah. all the time. <laughs> What's yours, Miley? I'm a little boring. If it's not the smiley emoji, it's probably just the tongue sticking out emoji. I don't know what you call that one. I don't either. I don't know what you call any of them, to be honest. Um, but just yeah. the one where your tongue sticking out. But I'm pretty sure I use it wrong. Like I don't know. Do people use it when they're like laughing at themselves? Like I use it when I'm like, oh, I'm a dork, so I'm going to stick my tongue out. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> you know what? Emojis can be used for whatever you want. They're yep. um, multi-reading. 
Yep. <laughs> okay, Miley, let's um let's have you introduce yourself and your family and just a little bit about your stage of motherhood and where you're at right now. Okay. So um I guess to sum up, um Justin and I um unofficially met when I moved into his ward in Pleasant View. And so we didn't really officially meet until um, we were both at Utah State University. And I saw him outside my freshman physics class. And I knew he was a Marriott. And I was like, he's really smart. He should definitely <laughs> be my study partner. <laughs> like, he's going to help me pass this class. And so I went and talked oh, to him funny. and I sat next to him and he totally helped me pass that class. That was a super that's smart awesome. Um, <laughs> that's funny. We didn't start dating till after I got back from my mission. And, um, but then, yeah, we got married and, um, we have two kids now, Aislinn, who's two, and Travis, who's four months old. And um, they are super, super cute kids. Um, <laughs> so I got my undergraduate in physics. Justin got his undergraduate in biological engineering. And then we, um, Justin wanted to go to law school. So he got accepted to law school at UT Austin. Um, I took a gap year after undergrad to kind of decide for sure if I wanted to do grad school. And also we didn't know at first where he would get accepted to law school. So mm -hmm. he, once we moved to Austin, I applied for grad school there and got in, which was a miracle in and of itself. And, yeah. um, started a PhD program in physics at UT Austin. So, uh, so that was before you had kids that was, so I got pregnant with Aislinn the day we moved to Austin. And so oh. I went through the whole application process pregnant with her and found out I was accepted to grad school about two weeks before she was born. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The experience of taking the physics GRE, which is a three hour test while pregnant was horrific. <laughs> 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 it does not sound very fun. <laughs> okay, so you got pregnant with her right when you moved to Austin, but was that the timeline that you were expecting? Like, were you planning on being pregnant and being a mom in grad school? I was actually hoping I would have been a mom sooner than that. In my head, I would have been pregnant right when my gap year started so that I'd have had mm -hmm. like a whole year with my first baby. Yeah. Um, but that's not how it happened. Getting pregnant for me was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. not that I have any serious fertility issues, but it was just, uh, my periods are irregular. And so you, it, we couldn't like time it very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what my problem was also. Yeah. So I kind of didn't expect that. And I, um, didn't know. It took me a while to like be like, well, what do I do if I can't like figure out when my baby? Yeah, yeah. I figured out you can do that. There's a thing called an ovulation test, and then yeah. it was okay. So yeah, a couple times of trying after we started doing ovulation tests, and then I was successfully conceived. Um, cool. So. I'm pretty much yeah. only fertile in March and April because all of my babies <laughs> came between December and and Valentine's oh Day. <laughs> okay, but those are good months to have babies. <laughs> all six of us have birthdays oh, in six weeks funny. after Christmas. And even Finley <laughs> fits into that one now. Yep. So now there's seven of us in the six weeks after Christmas. Yep. Um, okay, but I want to know what it was like being in grad school with a newborn. 
Okay, Aislinn was born a week into the pandemic. So my whole first year of grad school was completely online. And that was, we, my husband and I joke that a pandemic had to happen in order for me to get a PhD because we don't know. (laughs) We honestly don't know how we would have done it otherwise. Like for one thing, when she was born, it was so wonderful because I had a C-section it was going to be six week recovery, but Justin was in his first year of law school, which is the hardest year. And he had finals coming up and final projects coming up my mom was able to fly out for three whole weeks because her work just kind of you know disappeared right oh that's awesome covid yeah and then being home for the whole first year and doing school online i could just breastfeed and turn off my camera during class and nobody cared yeah Yeah. that's so (laughs) awesome I didn't, awesome. have, I didn't have to deal with anything crazy like that. And Justin's classes were all online. So we just passed the baby back and forth. It was just a matter of who was holding her. Mm-hmm. And it was like very miraculous um, yeah. in a lot of ways yeah. that way. But of course, uh, online school also sucks in some ways. So yeah. we were excited to go back to in-person finally. A little worried about how it was going to go, but... I was given an office on campus and I was like, well, we'll just use the office as like a home base. There's a quiet room, which is what they call the room for either. They call it a lactation room, but also it's like if you have diabetes, there's a fridge in there where you could keep insulin maybe, or maybe that's not right. I don't know. It's for like people who have, might have other medical reasons for needing an extra room. Okay. And so, but no, I asked the librarian, I was like, does anybody use that room? She's like, no, because she's the one who kept the key. She's like, you can totally use it for whatever. Um, And so I, we just said, decided we would use it for Aislinn's naps Um, because she just needed a quiet place away from stuff where she would nap. Mm -hmm. So how old was she at this time? Was she one already? Yeah, she was one. So this is when okay. she's like 16 months, 18 months. She's walking around okay. by this point. She's starting to say some words even. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, she's, you know, not like a little, little baby. Um, right. And so we figure, oh, she's going to be one out. She's going to want to be outside most of the time anyway. But we need somewhere to go when it's 110 degrees or raining. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like my office or something. And we were only like two weeks into the semester and it was like going okay. Um, our schedules were extremely hectic, but we're like, okay, maybe we can do this. Mm-hmm. And then Aislinn had, Aislinn had a day where she like bumped into my leg in the office and fell down and, you know, she cried because... Yeah. yeah, because they cry when they she's a baby. Yeah, she wasn't <laughs> even like that hurt, but she had fallen. Um, and... Um, someone came into my office who heard her crying and was like mad that she was crying (laughs) and was like, you can't have a baby here. Like this is, you just, this isn't working and you, you just can't do this. And at the time I was so shocked because I thought this person was coming in to be like, oh, is everything okay? No. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I was so shocked. I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Whatever. Like, but then afterwards I'm like, wait a second. What just happened? Like what just happened? (laughs) This was my, that's my office. And who is this person to just come in here and tell me that I can't have my child in my office? Yeah. And because it wasn't my, it wasn't a faculty member. It wasn't my super direct supervisor. It was just a random staff member that I like had talked to like once. So anyway, you know, I, I was really confused anyway, after 
I went to a faculty member who I trusted at UT Austin, who's female. And I knew she was a mom and I knew she had dealt with like mom issues before Mm -hmm. in the department. So I went and talked to her. She's like, you should talk to the department chair. Well, the department chair was like, oh no, that's right. Like you can't have a baby on campus. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't have my baby on campus. And he's like, it's an employee policy that employees can't bring their kids to work and I'm like okay but I'm a student and an employee so crazy and like also what like yeah I get I get if it's like you know I'm a TA right so don't bring your kid into the lab where you're TAing or don't bring right I can even understand saying some professors will let kids into their class which is great but some professors don't and I understand and respect that decision as well because kids are distracting yeah but this was like not that (laughs) like but anyway, it kind of blew into a big deal where I ended up talking to, I went, I went to different places. There's one place that's on campus and multiple campuses have this called an omnibus course. And it's supposed to be like a conflict resolution place that can be neutral, mm-hmm. but also like connect you to multiple different resources on campus. Okay. Um, yeah. And that was helpful because they did connect me to other places to go and help me just kind of talk through what I wanted like the outcome mm-hmm. of this to be which is what what did you want the outcome of this to be so well, that you I could just... have your baby on campus right I just want I'm like right. I just want to get through my PhD but I also have my child and like what am I going to do my husband is also a student right like we and have her on campus because we're both on campus all day and we don't that's have That's what I was going to say. You, you're just switching. You're swapping. You're baby yeah. swapping. Yeah. It's not like I'm asking someone else to watch her or leaving her alone right. somewhere. It's both of us are on campus all day. You know, we had a commute to campus. And yeah. like we can't afford childcare because I'm living off of a graduate student stipend. Because you're a student. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so it was like... Uh, Okay. Um, yeah, there at first, at first the department was like, well, so I told the department, I'm like, okay, if I can't do this, I'm going to have to quit because, um, my husband's going to be making way more money than me once he graduates law school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, I'm pretty sure I could go to like a bajillion other universities and not get treated this way. And so I'm just not going to put up my crap. I'll just like leave. Like I knew, like the University of Utah, which... So I started at Utah State, but I actually graduated with my bachelor's from U of U. Got my associates from Utah okay. State. So the University of Utah, I'm like, I know that they have a room in their library that specifically says it's for student parents. And I asked them, like, Are you saying there's nowhere on campus where I can bring my child? They're like, Yeah, there's like nowhere on campus for kids to be present. And I'm like, at UT, so at UT And I'm like, You got to be kidding wow. me. That absolutely cannot be your policy. And so I'm like. I'm pretty sure that you would take me in a heartbeat. So yeah. I was like, I'll quit. And they're like, don't quit. That would make us look really bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, they're like, well, can we pay for your childcare? I told them how much childcare was. And they're like, never mind. We can't pay for your childcare. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's the argument of like, if they paid for me, they'd have to pay for everybody. And would that ever be feasible? No. No. Because yeah. it's childcare is it's extremely astronomical so that just wasn't practical um oh my goodness they they do have an on-campus daycare for like employees students whatever at at ut austin um but the wait list is like three years long (laughs) what that is so (laughs) crazy (laughs) 
it says it says on the website if you are thinking of conceiving, what? get on the wait list. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's pretty great. That's so, anyways, awesome. they also talked to the on, the on-site daycare, and not only did they think, "Oh, we can't really afford it," the on-site daycare is like, "Yeah, we can't take her. We don't have any openings." Yeah, um, they're like, "You can't make any." They're like, "No, we we can't." Oh, oh <laughs> wow, goodness. we don't make exceptions for people. <laughs> like, so, anyway, it was just there was just no way that that was going to be the answer to this, and I was just anyway. It took a lot of talking to the right mm-hmm. people. Um, and in the end, in the end, once I had gotten the right people angry about it and like ta- like told them, they kept asking me, well, what do you want? Once they, they kept running, they kept turning their wheels on the childcare issue. And I kept saying, I don't need childcare. I just need you to say I can bring my child to campus. Yeah. And <laughs> once they got to that point, they're like, okay, yeah, that's the best solution. So we're going to give you an exception. You can bring your child oh, on my. campus. Oh, and here's a new private office because... We want you out of the way. <laughs> they gave oh me the surprise. Gosh. It was a really big office. It was like an old dean's office in the corner of the building that was like. So it worked for you. It worked. I wasn't going to bother anybody. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a really big office with windows. The pr- first office didn't have windows. Nice. <laughs> so everybody could walk past and see your child with you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So how long did this go on? Um, like, so it took it weeks? took a month or so for them to be like okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Um, but that's like your f- whole first month of a semester. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's interesting. It's interesting to see how these things play out. Cause I kind of, I think I started grad school thinking that in my head, obviously I have a right to an education and I have a right to that education regardless of my status as a mom. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't think, that I would encounter anybody else thinking differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have thought so either. Yeah. But I think when you're not in that situation, you don't always think, well, what does that look like? Because we have such a traditional idea of what a college student is or what like a career seeking person is. And usually mm-hmm. a child is not factored into our image of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you are that person that has a child, you have to factor that in. You can't. You're a package yeah. deal. You can't just say that they don't come along, right? Mm-hmm. Or that they're right. not part of that um, in some way. So, I don't know. It's, it so, was what are some of the things that you learned from this, Miley, about, um, I don't know, what are some takeaways that you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, so what are mm-hmm. the, what's your twenty twenty? Okay, first I'm going to say I've learned that you really do need to stick up for yourself and that having a network, having people around you that can support you Mm -hmm. is so important. I love that. Um, I think that's awesome. Well, and not even just people, but other mothers, because like you said, not everybody is in your situation and not everybody understands, particularly men. (laughs) I hate to throw them under the bus, but sometimes men just do not understand what it's like to be a mom. (laughs) So having other women who yeah. who can stick up and for you and know what you're dealing with and going through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I also learned, would say then that I learned that your biggest ally is always going to yeah. be Heavenly Father. What to me, the definition of a miracle is something happening that you mm-hmm. didn't believe was possible until it happened. And even if you can see how it happens, like after it happens, I think like in the 
I had for sure a couple of weeks where I was like, I think I'm done with my PhD. Like, I think it's going to take a miracle to change these people's minds. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to take a miracle for me to feel like I can go back to this school. And like, I, it's not that I don't know how it happened or like, you can't see who was helping and everything. But to me, it was a miracle that all these people kind of just popped out of the woodwork and were willing to um, stand up for me and with me. And, and get people to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was a miracle to me. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what made you want to go for your PhD in the first place? Especially knowing that you were a mom and you already had kids and that your husband would have a, a good job yeah, lined up. So I, there was never like one moment where I was totally sure I was going to do a PhD. Um when I was an undergrad, I got into research and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I had very good experience doing it as mm-hmm. an undergrad. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe I could do a PhD. It hadn't necessarily been in my plans prior to that. Um, but I also, one thing I definitely discovered on my mission was that I love teaching so mm-hmm. much, but I want to teach on a higher ed level. Um, so, in order to do that, you definitely need a PhD, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so PhD is required. I also remember thinking, like, what could I do while Justin is in school where I could make some money, but also I have a baby. But, you know, we didn't – you have to go into debt for law school, right? You don't get yeah, paid to do right. Yeah, I do get paid to get a physics PhD. I get a graduate stipend, and it's not a lot, but – we were we were pretty thrifty, and so for his years while he was in grad school, that's how um, I supported our family. Yeah, we, awesome. paid, we paid for all of our living expenses off of my graduate salary, and then that's just took awesome. out loans for educational expenses. Yeah, so um, there was sort of a there was definitely a financial in- incentive there behind the decision, and even though there was pushback and it was hard, I definitely think being a graduate student was probably one of the most flexible like job positions I could have taken. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely helped that it was like at the same place where Justin was right during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Hazlin a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, So for us, it was actually very practical, even though it sounds like it would never be practical. (laughs) Yeah. other people but you know if people wouldn't make it hard it actually makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah Um, and really worked for us a lot and was a blessing to um to have that to not have to go into more debt for um those living expenses so well I think I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for you in the future um we talked about this I don't know, a couple times, a couple episodes ago where like I, cause I graduated in education and mm-hmm. I have used my cool. degree so much in my life and oh, I've yeah. raised four kids and I've used my, I've continued to use my degree. And, um, so I, was it just education or what was your degree specifically? It was L ed elementary. Oh, elementary education. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't always work mm-hmm. as a teacher, but there were different jobs that I had that were related to the elementary ed. And I, I don't know, I just, we were talking, I was telling Nicole that you, the 
the job opportunities that you will have in the future, you don't even, they don't even exist right now. And so you just have to follow the spirit and listen to the Lord and he will guide you to do whatever it is that he wants you to do with your degree. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's awesome that you got it. I think that's amazing. Or you're getting it. Well, and I'm glad glad that you bring up that like elementary ed, you've used it so much with your kids because I really believe that you can use like any degree you will use completely for motherhood like your kids or any training like there there is great meaning even if you're just intending to be a stay-at-home mom or I mean even if you never have kids especially if you don't have kids hope you have a great career um but you know if you're going to be a stay-at-home mom there is still so much to know about the world and actually Mm -hmm. they've done studies that show that the education of the mother is a better predictor of the future like financial and educational success of the kids than the degree of the father oh i don't doubt it because we're that's interesting we're the the teachers in the home right yeah we're the ones that have the closest influence and i know there's stay-at-home dads um that do amazing um and justin was essentially a stay-at-home dad for a year or two with aislin honestly but like and having been a mom and like when you're just nursing and you're so close to that baby and you're, I mean, I'm telling you what, I feel like my ability to research and my, because I, I know it's physics, but I have a certain level of understanding of biology too. All of that helped me so much just through pregnancy and postpartum and right. all the, like there, there's nothing you can learn that won't be super useful to you. Yeah. In any stage of it. And when you know, the more you know, the more power you have to Mm -hmm. help your children. And I think that's why, you know, the prophets and apostles of our church have always, always, despite what like church culture may say, they have always encouraged women to get as much education as possible. Absolutely. Because, because they know, we believe in our church that knowledge gives you power. Yeah. In whatever capacity you're going to act. Um, and I definitely believe that the Lord will guide each woman to whatever knowledge she has to have, whatever training she has to have to fulfill, you know, his purposes for her. And I really believe I wouldn't be in the program that I'm in still unless he wanted me here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, like, I could, there have been so many times where I'm like, I'm going to fail this class or... I just can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. And it's just like, nope, you can't quit yet. And nope, I'm going to make a little bridge so you can just walk over it over here and you're going to get on the other side and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And you just somehow I'm still going and it wouldn't be possible without him wanting me here. I still don't think I understand hundred percent what his purpose is for having me here, but he's definitely got something. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll figure it out one day. (laughs) Maybe Mm -hmm. not soon, but one day okay. you might. I mean, clearly he's yeah. got a purpose for you too with all of your learning and training and degrees. I Nicole, I thought it was really cool hearing that you're like learning how to be a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I mean, it's a little bit different because to get your real estate license, um, you just have to take a 120 hour um, credit class and then just take the test and then you have your license. And then most of your learning is done through experience. So the more transactions Mm -hmm. you do, the more you understand how it works. Um, 
but even just knowing how to buy a house, um, like so even helpful. if I did no <laughs> transactions with any other clients and only did it for myself and bought our own houses, like that would be the hugest blessing. Just knowing, understanding how the process works, understanding how you can save money in different places. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I've talked about this with, with Tanner a lot about, um, our parents teaching us about the, you know, education about money because his parents did not talk mm-hmm. about money growing up. Like he, he, never had any conversations about budgeting or money planning or anything. And so he came into the marriage, like not even understanding like the basics of a budget. And I was the complete opposite. Like I was 10 years (laughs) old and we would sit down and have lessons on this is what goes into tithing and this is what goes into savings and this is what goes into your spending. And, and I remember being so annoyed at 10 years old that I could only, (laughs) we, we would save, my dad taught us to save half of what we made. And so I would walk away from, you know, making $20. I'd walk away with like $7 to spend and I would be so (laughs) mad (laughs) and then turn 16 and I had enough money to buy my own car. And so I was like, Oh, well, this is kind of cool. None of my friends can buy their own cars. Like, well, their parents all probably bought them cars, but (laughs) they definitely really cool. (laughs) But the point being, you know, me learning about how to buy a house maybe does not directly affect my kids right this minute, but in the future, I'm going to be able to help them buy houses, which is the biggest financial decision of your life. So yeah, I think it all comes full circle. I I definitely agree with everything that's, that you guys have been saying that education is just, there's, there's very, there's not never anything negative about learning more or taking an opportunity to learn more. There's always going to be positive that comes from it. And you might not be able to see it. For example, I got my undergrad in Japanese and I have no idea why still four or five years later, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely um, do not do translation anymore. (laughs) But I'm sure there's a reason though. And there's a way you're going to use it. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and I want to say, like, definitely a college degree is not the only way to, quote, get education. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, that's a good point. It's any knowledge you can you can get. I think that's what the, the takeaway is from this, is that to just keep learning throughout your life and it will mm-hmm. always bless your life. Yes. Yeah. Um, being a, and becoming a mom does not mean you're done in your educational journey either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah. But, yeah. It's not, there's never a point where you're like, now I know everything and now I can raise my kids and pass on everything I know to them. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> my dad has a great thing he says where he says he now knows, he says he's forgotten more than he knows. Oh, that's good. What? I can't, I can't get my brain around that. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I've learned so much by this point that I've forgotten more than I know. Oh, like more than he can remember. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. That's good. (laughs) Um, I want to also mention my grandma is probably one of my biggest, uh, well, both my grandma, honestly, role model, model. my dad's grandma didn't go to to college. Actually, neither of my grandmas did, but they're both amazingly talented women. And, um, my dad's mom has taught me a couple of tricks, but, um, yes, 
Speaking one of advice, I, I, this is one thing that I wanted yes. to make sure that we mentioned because Nicole's favorite mom hack. <laughs> yep. I saw this. So just for our listeners really quick, when we ask somebody um, to be a guest on our podcast, we just send them like a questionnaire just so we can get to know them a little bit better. So she had filled out her questionnaire like a month ago, and I just happened to see her answer to this. And I've literally thought about it every single day since then. <laughs> so I was like, of all the things, this is the one thing that I want to make sure that you bring up. <laughs> so thank you for remembering at the end to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's not really a hack, but my grandma taught me a saying. Um, which is about messes. If it's a good mess, um, it's a good mess if it takes them longer to make it than it takes for you to clean it up. I love that. So I think it's awesome. You know, they're make they're making the mess. It's entertaining them as long as it's not hurting anything, hurting you, hurting them, hurting things, and it's keeping them yeah. entertained. Just let them make the mess, and later you can clean it up. Yeah. So. Um, I've literally thought that every single time she gets into a cupboard or like just gets into anything, I'm like, okay, how long is this going to take me to clean it up versus how long is this going to keep her occupied? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time I just let her keep playing with it because I'm like, you know what? She will stay occupied with that for 20 minutes and it's going to take me one to clean it up. So (laughs) yeah. One of Aislinn's favorite messes to make in the kitchen is getting into, I have like a, a box of just the lids for the Tupperware and she, Tupperware. she pulls out yeah. the lids. She doesn't want the Tupperware. Mm, she doesn't yep. want the lids and she calls them pizzas and she takes the small <laughs> ones and she puts them on the bigger ones and she makes pizza. Anyway, so she, she will play with them forever. <laughs> and it takes awesome. me like 15 seconds to put them all back in the box. That's a great like, advice. It's awesome. I so, love it. Yeah. Okay. And our last advice, our final question mm-hmm. What advice would you give to your former self before you became a mother about becoming a mother? So I had to think about this one for a really long time, but, um, everyone tells you it's going to be harder than you could possibly imagine. Um, which is definitely true, but I think I would tell myself that, um, I'm stronger than I can imagine. Absolutely. Um, cause I don't think... I, yeah. It's intimidating when people say it's going to be so hard. Yeah. But you don't realize that it's hard, but you, you're capable of it and it's good. It's a good hard. Right. And also you just, sometimes these things hit you and you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get on the other side of this? Yeah. How am I going to just get through this day or like this minute of this screaming baby? And then it's like, you're stronger than you can imagine. Pretty Yep. Pretty soon okay. it's over um, and you move on to the next thing. Yep. That's great advice. Yep. You are stronger than you can imagine. Well, that was great, Miley. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to yes, us. Thank you. No problem. Your story is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. No, you guys are great. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We hope you found inspiration for your own life. And hopefully we're as funny as we think we are. Find us on Instagram at The Motherful Podcast for updates on each episode.